Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Aim High and Achieve podcast. Today I'm delighted to welcome Jamie Longson to the show from JPL Counselling based in Manchester. Uh, Jamie and I go way back for 25 years. We were school friends together. We haven't spoken since then, so we've got a bit of catching up to do, which is going to be great. Uh, Jamie is a qualified counsellor and he's a member of the British Association for Counselling and Psychotherapy. He's going to tell us a lot more about the business he's building, how it's going. So, Jamie, brilliant. Uh, how are you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, it's no problem at all, mate. Long time. We've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, so it is literally almost 25 years since we've spoken. We had a few messages and a build up to this just to sort of reacquaint and, uh, and everything. I, kn- I knew what your, uh, what your specialties were. So just, just start by introducing yourself and, and letting us know how you got into the, the current practice you're in. Yeah. So my name is Jamie. I'm uh, a person centered therapist. So as uh, Steve said, we, we went to school together a long, long time ago. It feels like now. 25 yeah. years to be precise and um, I'm not going to go through all that that time in terms of my career because we, we could be here all day but in terms of uh, how I got into therapy um, it's quite it's a, it's a tough question to ask because if I reflect back I've always been interested in mental health even probably even in in school but not really been aware of it you know at the time back in the mm. 90s um hormones um different era to what it is now that's one that's in my notes i that's my first note that i wrote down was is is this the best time to have mental health issues let's say because going back to let, let's say we're the 80s we're, the, we're from the 80s generation yeah you know uh mental health almost didn't exist it existed, but we didn't know about it, and we certainly wouldn't talk about it. Yeah, and if you look at, I don't know if you can remember school that much, it was that long time ago, but... Well, not, yeah, a few vague memories, yeah. Yeah, um, and well, the topics never, in my, from my memory, I can't remember anything around mental health. No, no you're right. I can't, I can't remember us, you know, as, as school friends and the people we hung around with ever talking about mental health, really. Um, So we knew it existed, I guess, but like you say, in terms of the era compared to now with social media, that we didn't have things like that. We didn't, we we didn't even have a phone probably until the last, you know, the last year of high school. Um, I think, I think, I think, yeah, I think the phone, I think the phone started to come, I remember I had a Nokia 5110 with Snake on it, and that was 17, maybe, 16, 17. So that's when the phones came. But it's interesting that because in in school-wise, in lessons and things, you know, we we were never taught about how we feel, mental health. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I don't even think, I don't even think, for example, girls were taught about menstruation, you know, as something as simple as that. You know, yeah. so so they were we we weren't finding out things through social media. I mean, I've got two young two young yeah. daughters now in in the teens, you know, mm. and I'm guessing they're finding things out through TikTok and all this kind of thing. You know, so it's, it's a yeah. different generation. It's a different generation, isn't it? Now, 
Yeah, and that's quite interesting you say that about um, TikTok and social media in general. There's quite a lot of things out there now. Um, I don't know if you want to call it misinformation. There, there is, mm. you know, there is probably some people on 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 those um, platforms that do have that lived experience because they, then they can share, you know, what they've gone through. But there's also quite a lot of uh, misinformation out there which mm. people can potentially diagnose themselves. You know, the, the old Google search, you know, when you're not feeling well, you do the Google searches and, you know, it comes up with all sorts of things. And I think that's quite similar with social media. We mm. didn't have that. You know, we, oh, my God, what's going on? I don't know why I'm feeling like this, if we even thought that. Mm. Mm. And, you know, I even go back to uh, probably uh, 2000 and... Uh, around 2010, I would say. Mm. I, I wouldn't say I, I had a mental health crisis by any means, but I probably wasn't wasn't in a tremendous place. Yeah. Uh, work 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 was a bit challenging at the time, and and a few other th- few other things related around that. But then, you know, even even back then, you, you didn't really have any. You just sort of would you'd be fine one minute, and then you'd be sort of like. You know what what's going on. You, you you wouldn't understand why you were in a mood or why you were grumpy or why you didn't want to be be with a family. You wanted to go off to the pub and escape, and you know. And then when you were with a family, you were miserable, but you didn't know why. And people were saying why you're miserable, and you you know. And even that, even then, the, the resources weren't really there to to explore that. And and yeah. thinking about myself, whether I would have explored that or not, I don't know. Probably I wouldn't have, mm. you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's great to see. It's great to see someone like you. I think now, I think now in my life, if I was uh, in the same kind of boat, I think hundred percent, I'd probably reach out to someone like yourself. No problem now. But that's taken yeah. till the age of four, till the age of forty to do that. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I'm exact same. And it's interesting you say 2010, because I had a similar experience uh, with my mental health um, when I was doing my PhD. I was doing a PhD at Aberystwyth University at the time. Um, and mental health and my mental health, they didn't, they didn't coexist. Mm. So when I was doing my PhD, I think I got kind of like an imposter syndrome. I was lonely, I missed home, all those things thrown in. It was like a whirlwind. I didn't know, I didn't have a clue what was going on to the point where I only lasted six months and I came home. I I, I got through, obviously, the interview. I did a master's before that, I had a degree before that. So I was, I guess you could say on paper, I was academically sound to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for some reason, um, and I still, I can kind of maybe think what it was. And that, like I said, imposter syndrome, where I thought... Overwhelmed, maybe. Yeah, definitely overwhelmed. Lonely. That's Mm. a real hard one to admit that, I think, Mm. when I really reflect back on it. But I genuinely was uh, homesick. You know, all these thoughts and feelings came in to ultimately led to me making a rash decision. Or we'll mm. say rash. Looking back now, it's not rash. But at that time, mm. rash decision and I, and I, and mm. I quit and came home. Mm. And that was, that was it. 
I think I think at moments like that as well, what what can kind of happen is, and and the way society has sort of worked is that you you can think that that's the be all and end all. You can think, ah, I've quit out of this. This is me finished. That's that dream yeah. gone. And you, and you sort of now you look back, and you know now I look back at four like I'm forty. I'm thinking, right, my life's just beginning. You know, I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna run an ultra marathon. I'm gonna make a podcast. I'm gonna. Uh, play for a rugby team I'm going to do all these things yeah. and life's just beginning and once you flip that round and you realize in your 20s because you, you're not making like you say not making rash decisions but you, you you're probably making the decision that feels right at the time without having yeah. age a bit of experience hindsight yeah you know and, and it's never too late to do a PhD is it for in your case for example no absolutely not I, I was 27 Mm, that's very young it's very young to do a phd i think potentially yeah um on i think it certainly was um in terms of i guess mentally maybe i know at 27 Mm. you think oh my god you you're nearly 30 you're a grown man but i don't think no i don't think that matters um i mean it took me to it took me to at least uh 35 before my decisions were way hundred thousand percent better, I started saying, "Right, I'm not going to make a decision now. I'm going to sleep on it." The first thing I started mm-hmm. to do was to say, "I'm not going to decide on this till I've slept on it." I mean, a PhD decision is obviously there's a bit more in that. I understand, but it for just smaller wasn't... decisions, no, okay, no, and that that's that's what's made me think, "Wow, if I would have maybe seen a therapist then." you know, mm. what would have happened. Um, because it, I definitely, I must admit, looking back now, I needed someone to talk to. Someone yeah, independent, yeah. someone who wasn't going to, oh, you'll be fine, or, mm. you know, what are you doing? You shouldn't be doing that. A bit like you mentioned in the first podcast, um, it was with Adrian, I think. Yeah, Adrian. Adrian. Yeah, yeah mm. he talked about, why are you going to Norway? Some chap in the pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, very, yeah, yeah. You know, that type of judgmental comment um, mm. to some people, that, that's nothing. But to others, it's a big thing. And that's, I think, speaking to someone independent, I know we'll probably touch on that later on, but mm. I think I needed that. Um, like a mentor. At that time. Maybe, yeah, a mentor. Someone independent, I think, more mm. around exploring, you know, what's going on mm. with yourself. You know, you've obviously... Yeah, capable yeah. of doing it but you know what's going on for you type thing and it was all in my own head mm. um, yeah, and that's okay. where I made that decision so from that decision uh, do, you, do you move into a career straight away then or do you sort of have a, have a rest no no yeah so I, I wouldn't even call it a rest it was a bit like what you were saying um, I was thinking god where's my career going um, you know where am I going to live so I came back to Stockport our hometown uh, moved in with a friend, did some temping work, um, just some jobs that to pay the bills, to be honest with you, to try and rebuild myself. Um, mm. Looking back, that's what it was, rebuilding myself. But at the time, I didn't think it was that. It was just going through the motions. For a know it, I'm 30. And it's, um, and it's kind of difficult. I mean, I mean, uh, I, I, know you, I know you reasonably well and I, I know your character. I mean, and, and sort of having a master's degree, doing a PhD, and then going into temping jobs. 
you know, mentally. Personally, I, w- I would find that difficult <clears throat> knowing if you've got those yeah. skills behind you and then and then you're yeah. going into temping jobs and sort of not not standing static, but, you know, probably not where you want to be at that point, yeah. Yeah, for me, they they were uh, what they say. What we say is dead end, a dead end job to me yeah. personally. Yeah, I'm not criticizing you know the people I work for. No, no, because um, it's got a everything's got everything's got its place, hasn't it? Might be, you know, summer workers, people in between traveling, just saving up. You know, there's plenty of good reasons. But yeah, um, going and from I really, that, to I that, really I mean, struggled. Yeah, absolutely. I, re- I really, I really struggled to find something that I I was passionate about, to be honest. So I felt like I was coasting for a while. Then um, mm. I got a job with the emergency services and then kind of went on from there. Um, and what, I guess, asking, you know, the initial question about how did I get into counselling, it, it stemmed from, um, like I said before, I've always had this passion for helping people. So... I did football coaching. You could argue that's helping. Um, my yeah. master's was in sports psychology and my degree was in sports science. So it, it was all around evidence-based theories, helping people. But ultimately, when I was working for the emergency services, um, a tragic incident happened in Manchester Arena. Um, oh, okay. Uh, bomb, yeah, and, and where I was working, I won't, I won't say which emergency mm. services it is, but where where I was working, I was kind of ready to help, but I wasn't qualified to do so, and there was something inside me that really wanted to help, and that I think that was the mm. push I needed. Um, mm. So that happened in May 2017, and I remember December, waking up in the morning. I remember because obviously I'm over in Norway. We I remember waking yeah. up, you know, and the first thing you do, put the newspaper on. Yeah, I remember saying saying to the missus, you know, it's been a bomb at Manchester Evening News, and it's like Jesus Christ! It hit me over here. It sort of takes you, you know, it knocks you for yeah. six hundred percent in your uh, hometown, yeah. and then you read into it, and it's kids at a concert, and it ah, oh, it really, yeah, that hits you hard. That. It really does, and it it was like a, a shock wave across mm. obviously Manchester. But if I'm just talking about my experience, um, the colleagues I were working for were trained professionals, able to help individuals within the organisation that were dealing with the incident, if that makes sense, rather than mm. external, you know, with the families. And um, so, yeah. That year, I decided to write, I'm going to embark on my counselling. So I did my, my first, the level two, they call it, which was a 10-week programme. Just a basic, to be honest, introductory mm. course. So I did that and then um, progressed from there. I did my level three and then my diploma, which was... So level three was... it was, I think it was an academic year, if I, if I remember rightly. And then my... Um, diploma was three years but I'm going to use another topic that you've touched on before and that's when the pandemic hit Mm. which disrupted as you know uh, everyone's Mm. lives but even you know the colleges the courses were on the clients Mm. we were you know eventually Mm. trained to to do go on a placement with it was just and that's uh that that's we we weren't we weren't hit too bad here okay. there, there wasn't there, there wasn't lockdowns 
um, yeah. <laughs> about the the worst thing we had was face masks and one meter distance. Yeah. And, it, and it, to be honest, to be honest, we got off really lightly. I think Scandinavia in general, right. it, it didn't really go as in, as as in depth as you. But I know people in the UK, and I know mm. who've personally suffered bad mental health as a result of that. You know, you, yeah. if you think about the sort of self-employed people who, you know, who's paying, yeah. then they've got to go through the whole protocol with the government to get a replacement salaries. You know, they've got young families. They're not going to mm-hmm. get the money as quickly as they would have done before yeah. going into debt. And the, the mental health repercussions of the actions of the government in response to it, I don't. I don't know. I, I can't say for sure, but I'm guessing there was a, an, an aftermath of problems men- mentally for a lot of people after that. I'm, I'm probably talking thousands, you know, yeah. not hundreds. I'm guessing. Absolutely. I haven't got. I haven't got obviously the stats, and I'm not a stat stats man. However, um, we do see, you know, the reeling effects of it. Um, i.e., you know, face to face has changed to online. Um, appointment times are, are stretched even further playing catch up mm. like you say a lot of people there was like a, a big pause at first like oh my god what do we do it's it's lockdown mm. like therapy stops um, operations stop you know you yeah, can't pe- visit people in care homes all that and people who rely on on social interactions for for example you you yeah. kind of you 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 you're 60 year old bricklayer who goes to the pub every day after work and has a couple of pints with his mates and they complain about the jobs you know and they lose that one little thing that they do every day and then before you know it they're, they're having a mini mental health crisis because they're, they're, yeah. they're at home they're not socializing they, they've got to sort of yeah. redefine the life of what they do each day you know and and, and when i when i started working uh in, const- in construction you know i was kind of 16 working with 35 year old blokes who worked hard and went to the pub and that was kind of the dynamic you know and I was sort of brought dragged into that unwillingly not not unwillingly sorry that's the wrong word uh, sort of willingly dragged into it in terms of you know you finish work at three o'clock and off you go to the pub you know and these and that kind of culture we're probably the last generation of that culture I'm pretty sure yeah. That, that culture is not as it as it is now as it was then mm. so so I know for sure a lot of those blokes who've been doing that all their life suddenly that goes with covid you know and, and even for myself when when I I, I ended up taking another a, a more technical job in the business and then I kind of had to stop that culture because it, it wouldn't work with with the, the technical job I had before I moved yeah. here. So I sort of gradually phased myself out of that kind of lifestyle. And and now it's, un, it's unheard of where I live now anyway. Mm-hmm. If, if you go to the pub every day after work, someone would report you to mental health services and they'd come and sweep you up off the street. So Norway's oh, very right. different in terms of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If, you, if, you, if you went wow. to the pub every day for a pint, you'd get sectioned, basically. That's maybe a okay. bit dramatic, but it's maybe a bit but dramatic. I get, I get people, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I mean, I've talked to a few people who I know who've not really recovered from uh, from the pandemic. Uh, 
still now, still now, you know, they're still struggling. Um, they're just yeah. going to have to find a way. Yeah, I think that's that's definite. But then there's there's other people, of course. You know, um, I think you alluded to it last time in one of your podcasts that COVID. You know, it's almost forgotten as well. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah. Um, so it, I just want to, and I think uh, touching on Adrian again, I think he had a positive experience with um, COVID in a way, mm. and yeah, yeah. It, so. It's also positive in terms of, I guess, therapy because that's the online therapy was already there, but this was kind of like mm. the the rebranding of it. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and which was, you know, it gives a lot of people more options. It was good. Um, so I did my placement purely online, funnily enough, um, which is a complete new thing for the course from a governing body. Mm. It was. It was. The college, it was just crazy. Mm. Um, and then I suppose with with this new with the new technology, then comes new ways of having to do things. You know, you're not meeting people in person, so then there's a whole new yeah. scope of how how to set the meetings up and how to. So that that's a new business in itself, isn't it? And you've you've yeah. hopefully got in at the right time for that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think if I'm if I'm being perfectly honest, and I don't mean the pandemic. In a, in, a, in a positive way. I mean, from my personal experience mm. with college and everything worked out. Um, I learned some valuable skills to work online. I'm, I'm qualified to do that. I've done a separate uh, course for that. Mm. Um, but that experience now, if looking back, it was, um, you couldn't you couldn't teach it. Mm. You couldn't teach it in the, the, the classrooms. They might do it now, but at the time, uh, obviously they didn't because it, We've never experienced that before, but that lived experience, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't buy it. And and I suppose as well, when you've when you've sort of had challenges like yourself, uh, I've mm. had a couple. Um, you know, you can refer, but I do, I do it a lot, really. And I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a mentor to a lot of people, but I, within the rugby club, within my kind of circle of friends, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's a bit sad to say, but I'm sort of like the oldest one in everything I'm doing. So it's like Granddad Steve, you know, and I'm <laughs> bloody forty. Um, but but when because of when you've when you've had these kind of experiences, you can help other people out in very subtle ways. And you, yeah. you know, you can sort of send the odd message to people. You know, if you see someone struggling a bit, you can just sort of say, "Listen, mate, you know, we've been there." Yeah. And 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 so I, I kind of. I, I kind of like being the sort of mentor of the sort of yeah. voice of reason in things, you know, and like yourself being through what you've been through, that transfers, in, does that transfer into the way you give therapy to people and, and help people? Yeah, 100%. I think, I must admit, I'm 40, 41 coming up. I feel like I'm in um, in my prime. I don't mean physically, mm. who knows, <laughs> maybe not physically, but mentally, I've got. I feel like I've got that lived experience. I think you talked about it. Then being in, born in the eighties, nineties, mm. we've been through quite a lot of change, and we've adapted. Mm. Don't get me wrong; I'm still learning, but I'm still hungry. Mm. Um, yeah, I think. I think. I think what the bottom line is the lived experience I've had. I wouldn't looking back now. I wouldn't change those no, no, experiences. I'm 100% the same as well as from sort of like a business point of view. I've had 
uh, a few businesses. Some one one was really good. Lost that. Started again. Sort of built the second one up again. Uh, I got out of that business. I was offered a job, which was probably working out better for me in terms of yeah. salary and, and things. But the, the sort of things that I've done now, I can refer back to the mistakes made the first business. Mm-hmm. And I can say, been there, don't need to buy a, a 50 grand BMW now. That I don't need that. That's just yeah. for show. You know, and, and doing things like that at the time, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't, you don't, you don't regret it. You just learn from it. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at things now. Yeah. 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 So how did you handle your situation then? Looking back? Um, I wouldn't say tremendously well, to be honest, looking back. Okay. It was, I think my missus probably deserves more credit than me just for sticking okay. with it. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would definitely credit uh, my <laughs> missus with, with that. But mm. uh, how did I deal with it? I mean, Probably with a bit of uh, excessive alcohol. Okay. Probably escape. Probably, probably choosing to go to the pub where it's a yeah. sort of safe haven, knowing mm-hmm. yeah I'm in the pub. I'm I'm only gonna yeah. have a beer with with my mates and enjoy it and not. Yeah. As soon as I leave the pub, then I'm back in the real world. You know that's kind of how that's kind of how it went for me. I mean, it wasn't yeah. to the point of like falling out of a pub. If you, if you understand yeah. me, I knew, yeah. I knew the yeah. limit. I, I knew the limit to get out. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't a crisis in terms of that. It was more mm-hmm. of a case of. It was more of a case of. Um, I would. I would see it as like a safe haven, you know. When you go to the yeah. pub, and and I would then what would happen then is I would find myself being miserable and grumpy if I was at home, mm-hmm. or if the yeah. missus said let's let's go to Chester Zoo, I'd just be miserable. And I, I never knew yeah. why. And I think, what? Why am I? Can I not just enjoy this? Yeah. And I would try. I would try to, but I just couldn't. Yeah. If you understand me, it's yeah. very yeah. strange. And and I couldn't yeah. sort of. I couldn't uh, fight my way out of it as much as I wanted to say, be happy. It was not yeah. happening. And and, I, and yeah. it took me. It took me, two thousand twelve. I left that. I left that type of business I was in and I was, I was doing the same industry, but a different job. Um, That didn't really work out as it was planned. I then got another job and from that job, 2014, I ended up working with a guy. Maybe I'll talk to him on this one day uh, who acted as a real mentor technically in the business I was in. But as what do you define a, as a mentor, Steve? Sorry, what, what when you say that? That's a good question. I, I would de- define a mentor as probably somebody who sort of puts their arm around your shoulder, can be a bit harsh to you, can speak the truth, doesn't okay. bullshit, doesn't bullshit you, and who, yeah. who is who is a genuinely good person who is guiding you but allowing you to sort of find your own way. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so we had a very technical business, and we were me and me and uh, me and him were in charge of a fair amount of money in terms of imports and the business and everything. Yeah. Life changing, uh, money. Yeah, yeah. For the business that was that we were looking after, we didn't get life changing money. Yeah. Far from it. Uh, but 
but we we were quite highly it was quite a highly stressful job and and we just worked really well together and and that was kind of the start of where I started to put out a sort of to cheer up a bit <laughs> in in simple terms and yeah. and um and from there I moved to Norway I got an opportunity to come here and yeah I mean a year or two here it was a bit of a challenge had the family at home um I've never had a massive group of mates I've always had like one or two yeah. um so those mates have stayed mates so in terms of that I've not really had any longing for my circle of friends because I've got one or two really good friends and we're still yeah. in touch. And then I've made new friends here as you do. Yeah. So it, 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 I was, I was actually thinking about this because I, I had a feeling we'd get into it and I was, um, and I was really trying to knuckle into what, what it was that was, was making you miserable or de- let's mm. say depressed for, for example. Yeah. And, and it's really hard to define what it was, you know, I mean, yeah. you can say, is it money, you know, if you owe debt? Is yeah. it is it a case of everything just kind of piled into you at a young age? You know, because I was quite young when I had my first child. And yeah. is it just kind of everything is just on top of you and you've not really got yeah. any focus in life, you know? Yeah. If you kind of, if you kind of just drifting, job, home, yeah. you know, not, not focus. I mean, and the other yeah. side, the other side thinking along, physically I was in terrible shape. I didn't do any sports at the time, didn't run, didn't do anything. So probably eat shit every day, McDonald's, you know, yeah. all these kind of little battles. And now I've started to see those were probably losing battles all the time, you know. Yeah. You get, you, yeah. I, and now that's how I look at things now. If I go to McDonald's, that's a loss in my head. I'm like, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I've lost a battle. So if I don't have a run every day, I've lost a battle. So now I kind of put together these little wins every day yeah. and I add them up. So I'm like, okay, run, that's a win. Yeah. Eat, eat. I mean, I don't go crazy on food health-wise, but I just yeah. try not to eat, eat junk food. So I don't eat yeah. junk food, that's a win. So and, and that, I've not really got that from anybody, just kind of – I mean, I think Conor McGregor said it in, in a documentary he did. But I was kind of doing that before before I heard that. Yeah. So that's one way I've started to deal with it now. Um, health, what I think if you get your if your body's not in shape, I really think it's hard to get your mind in shape. You know, mm. well connected, I believe. You know, and your soul yeah. as well. Mm. Yeah. You know, I was running around the the local park the other day, and there was a woman hugging a tree. I'm not joking. With her feet off, with her shoes off, with her bare feet, hugging a tree, like as if to say, I'm connecting. And she was meditating. I could see. I ran around twice and I came back 20 minutes later and she's still doing it. And she was hugging the tree, meditating. And, I th- and it actually made me think, you know, imagine if we saw that when we were, when we were kids. Oh, yeah. Know, yeah. Y- y- you'd be making fun and, and, and this kind of thing, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think and, I'd be the that, first to make a joke of that. 100%, same, same as me, 100, 100% same as me. And and I, and I sort of ran past and went, yeah, that's bloody good on her. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, she don't care. She's just yeah. doing exactly yeah. what she needs to do. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Not a care in the world for what anybody thinks about it. And yeah. I just thought, ah, fair play to her, you know? Really? Yeah. When, when you said about the soul, you know, it's right, soul, mind, and body. You know, if you if one's out of sync, yeah, you know. absolutely. And you know, for you, 
I, I know we, we're probably going to move on, but just my last point to you, you kind of, you've learned how to, I guess you, you've got your own inner resources. You've not, you didn't at the time tap it, maybe a mentor, but you didn't really explore that. Maybe you did with your wife, but she's obviously on your side. Mm. You yeah, know, yeah. those biases there. Um, so I think, Basically, you've learned quite a lot there, haven't you? That's like a major yeah. life lesson. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of it was sort of like um, I, I kind of have a I have a very solo mentality of if when I'm doing things, I, I like to do it alone, basically. So, yeah. and that's quite a natural thing. When I was younger, I was the most social you would you would meet as going out. I was the one who was out three nights on the run organizing when we're meeting in the pub going to football games go you know I was always like that and as I've got older I, I'm I'm Mr Solo now and I kind of think I think kind of think being like that is I, I'm talking a lot to myself and I think a lot of the times when I've been like that I've been I've been asking questions to myself and saying you know what I've always been trying to analyze you know even some yeah. days now we all have bad days, uh, no yeah. question about it. Just try and have more good good days than bad days. On the odd occasion, I have a bad day. I say, right, okay, I just go for a run. The first thing I do, I, I just stop everything and I just go and run. And by the time you come back, you've forgotten about why you're in a bad mood and you generally find yeah. that you just, well, okay, I feel all right now. You know, it's, it's, Everybody must have different coping mechanisms, I guess. Well, oh, one yeah, thing absolutely. I'm one thing I'm interested is so when you first kind of get that first contact with somebody, you know, where, where do you start? Because that was one thing I've written down. You know, where do you start with it? It's such yeah. a broad subject, you know. It is. So when so if I get say someone from a website or a directory listing that I'm on, mm. usually people uh, it kind of subject yeah, you know, yeah. a bit of your name, contact details, you know, kind of what what you're kind of looking for. What I like to do, and I think it's key, is to have a conversation, telephone conversation first. Mm -hmm. This is through trial and error. At first, I had like, it was very transactional. I'd have a, a Word document with, you know, have you done this? Have you got this, this and this? Have you been to Ferry before? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, and that didn't work. It's very impersonal. Um, yeah, yeah. And because these people, people that come to me are sharing them, that darkest and mm, most, yeah, you know, vulnerable self. And I can't tell you how appreciative, if that's the right word, or the gratitude I get from that. So mm. what I like to do is, is try and get my, I guess, personality across. They hear my voice, they can maybe put... Mm. A voice to a, a name, yeah, or yeah, yeah. I could do it over, over similar to this over um, on, online. So basically, I, I kind of let it flow. Hmm. So I'll answer the questions in our conversation, if that makes sense. I'm not going to say right yeah, question yeah. one. Yeah, I get you, and and I guess as well, if if you make if you get people to write things down, then it's kind of like they're putting pen onto paper that oh I have got I need help and they're writing it and seeing it which is a whole lot different you know than yeah. just sort of picking the phone up uh, and knowing yeah. okay at, at the end of the line this is how it's going to be and I, I can get I can gently get into it you know as, as opposed to yeah straight away in you know and I'm guessing it's almost like I mean I remember I, I, I 
I don't know if I dreamt this, but I remember, I'm sure I went to my GP. I'm sure yeah. I did and, and said, I'm not feeling too great, doc, you know. And I, rem- yeah. I don't know if I dreamt it, so apologies if I'm wrong, but I'm sure he said, no, no, there's nothing wrong with you. You're a 30 year old bloke. You just get on with it, mate. You know, there's yeah. nothing wrong. Yeah. So if he didn't say that, I apologise to. I actually think he's died now, sadly. But if if he didn't say that, I apologise. But yeah. I'm I'm almost sure he did. Uh, so it was, and that would have been ten years ago. So that was twenty mm-hmm. uh, twenty thirteen, let's say, yeah, twenty twelve yeah. or something. So even then, you know, it was still not. Now I'm pretty sure if if I did that now to the GP, it would be totally different. I'm guessing. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think, um, interestingly enough on that, um, and again, in terms of people I've worked with, I have, I've heard many occasion that, you know, sick notes or fit notes, they call them over here. Okay. You know, if you're absent from, from work or whatever that, um, GPs give them out without actually physically seeing you, right. you know, um so it's gone kind of sounds like it's then it, some not everyone obviously no 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 but in some cases but then it can it can way. be abused it can be abused can it if that's the case yeah um you know i'm not criticizing anyone or gps um you know they do great jobs and i'm sure they, they do make some ethical decisions but i think what i'm just mm. saying through my experience that some people i've never seen their GP to get a, a fit note of some sort, mm. you know, um, far contrast to what you were just saying, where you're almost tail between your legs a bit, I can imagine, you're leaving mm. yeah, the yeah. office thinking, oh, right, okay, you know, kind of putting yeah, a plaster yeah. over what's really going on. Yeah, and, and I, you know, that's a good point, because with, with mental health, you can't put a plaster on anything. You, you've got to have some real a deep dark look at yourself because yeah. if you start putting if you start putting plasters on alcohol drugs yeah. uh, prescription yeah. drugs whatever yeah. uh yeah alcohol i would say is pretty prevalent i'm guessing you know yeah. um just generally not behaving not keeping fit not not getting out you know uh yeah. you start putting plasters on things it's just going to prolong and prolong and prolong you have to have a, yeah. a sort of deep dark realization that you know this is the journey how how do you find that with people kind of once they embark on the journey is there is it a uh you know it's almost like the statistics for completed podcasts of what people how long they will listen to it you know and i see the statistics for that so it's interesting to see sort of with the patient how how you sort Mm. of anchor them you know i would have thought that's a pretty important thing for you to sort of anchor them in and sort of see it through over a long period because you're not going to fix something in in a week are you no it's going to be over a course of everyone yes there isn't there isn't a answer to that what the key thing is and i could be the the most qualified counselor you've ever met but it's all about the relationship and if if the person or the client we call them actually Mm. if the client feels comfortable and safe and secure that they can trust me with their deepest darkest Mm. you know thoughts and feelings emotions Mm. Mm then we're, we're on the way. And that's kind of going back to your first question, why I like to speak to them on the phone, very laid back, and just 
it's a non-directive. I'm not directing, you know, I kind mm. of, you know, let, let the client explore and there isn't any pressure if, if they want to come and I'm available, mm. you know, that's great. If not, you know, it's about giving people choices. I'm not just cause they ring mm. and they've filled out a questionnaire or whatever. Yeah, doesn't yeah. mean they've committed, you know, no, no. Um, even if they do commit, they have the right to cancel at any time. It's not, mm. it's not signing the dotted line. You think, oh my God, what have I just done? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but very, do, do, you find, um, do, do you find as well that you, or, or does your service sort of entail this, that you would help people if they're, if they're overweight and they're not happy about that? Would you sort of facilitate helping them on a journey to, to get fitter or to, to achieve the things they want to achieve? For example, is that sort of something you do or is it, is it sort no, of like um, more on the, on the cognitive side of things, you know? So, so for, for, for my modality and my type of therapy that I use, so for that example, I think that would be maybe a coach or maybe a mm. mentor or maybe a personal trainer. I don't know. I'm saying mm. personal trainer, yeah. counseling uh, skills, Steve, you know, a bit yeah, like yeah. I was. But, mm. yeah, so my, my approach is non-directive. So what that means is if you were my client, you would almost – lead the session with my guidance. So I'd walk alongside you that okay. way. I'd ask you questions. I would try and pick up on things, body language, not just words, but mm. work with the feelings of what's going on. Okay. So whereas there's other types of therapies as well, that's directive where the therapist is the expert. So I'm not the expert. You're the expert of you. Okay. So I kind of work with you. In that sense, I, I, we work with. You'll have an idea in your mind that there's something not quite right with myself. I, maybe I can't put my finger on it, but I know there's something there. It's my mm -hmm. job to work together with you to explore that and kind of mm. you to find that solution yourself with my support. So it's very non-directive. Mm. And how have you kind of found the sort of demographic that? That, that are sort of coming to, to for your help is it is it kind of is it generally from from 16 to 60 and, or more or is it a sort of is it 40 year old blokes who yeah. you know yeah I've had an absolute mixture so I work with adults so from 18 but uh, different ethnicity age gender um I've worked with a variety of people with different demographics if that's what we mm. what we call them um with various different needs um but ultimately like i said before if we can get on then we're we're a step ahead if that makes sense mm. if you don't get on with your therapist it's not going to go anywhere um, no. and 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 is it is it almost like we, we you know uh i've done uh i've done um physical therapists have set me strength plans and th this yeah. kind of thing and one thing i've wrote down is is are you are you setting people plans for the mind you know how to go forward with the problems that they've come to you with so the, there wouldn't be any homework there wouldn't be me giving advice there wouldn't be me there wouldn't be me giving guidance it's purely working with that individual in that time 50 minutes Hmm. offering a space so think about this when have you really spent 50 minutes 
with someone who truly listens to what you're saying, who truly tries to understand, be empathetic, non-judgmental, genuine, mm. them being themselves, exploring your deepest, darkest, or they don't even have to be deepest, darkest, just mm. things that are going on with you that you're stuck or you, you're not quite sure what it is. To work mm. alongside you and for you to explore it in a safe, confidential environment. That's kind of what I offer. If I offer the theory says, and I won't bore you with the theories, and I'll be very layman because that's how I work anyway. There's the, the literature said there's six conditions, but the, the main ones are basically if I am empathetic, so my job is to truly get in your shoes to understand what's going on, to be congruent, which should be genuine, to be myself. Mm. So I might swear mm. or I might have a joke. I might have yeah, a yeah. cheeky grin on my face, whatever. So I'm bringing me in. Mm. And then the next one is just being uh, non-judgmental. So you might tell me the worst sin you've ever done. Mm. It doesn't bother me. I'm here for mm. you. So it's kind of giving you that freedom to, to, to talk and let go of what's going on mm. for you. Whereas other modalities, so maybe the one you're thinking of might be cognitive behavioral therapy, where it's looking okay. at your thoughts feelings and mm. behaviours and how they all link um, okay. and the therapist there might be a bit more directive and, and give you homework mm. and challenge you whereas person-centred we do challenge because I, I might say well you've said this Steve but mm. your body saying the opposite you know okay. I'm really happy yeah 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 you know I don't know if that makes sense but no totally totally it's very and, and and, and I suppose for for a lot of people, that's worth its weight in gold because, you know, they could be in any kind of situations and some people might just need to talk to somebody, for example, and, and offering the service you offer and a safe space, like you say, and allowing people to sort of get things off the chest, you know, probably doesn't the world a good once they've, once they've mm -hmm. come out of there and think, oh, God, you yeah. know, like a, a weight's been lifted. Absolutely. And I, what I will say is, because there may be people out there thinking, oh, I wouldn't know what to say. Or I may need a structure. I need, I need a structure. So there is in a way, because there's a, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and then there's an end where the ending bit of the session I'm talking about mm. is where I'd summarise it into a nice package. You know, mm. you, you came at the start of the session, you talked about this, and we felt, you know, we explored this feeling and and then kind of summarize it. And then hopefully we mm. would continue again the week after. So that's important if, if we were to continue that it's quite close by. So if it was three weeks onwards, it, that would, that would be like a stop start and it wouldn't do any good. So I think what I'm trying to say is there is structure to it. It's just, you've got free reign and mm. I'll support you along that way. It's kind of like, I imagine it as just quickly as a metaphor is like if you've got, I don't know what they call it in, in Norway, a loft or an attic. Yeah. You can imagine going same. up to a loft. Is it the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. Same, the same thing. Yeah. Loft. Okay. And, and you go up to your loft and, and you, you look, you know, it's dark and you know, there's things in there, but you're not quite sure what it is. Counseling is like, you've got a torch in your loft and you, you're shining in the, Oh, what's that box there? And then you kind of shining, and then you might find another thing. Oh, it's a Christmas tree. I know what that is. So you're exploring mm. what's going on with the help mm. of the therapist. Um, so it's, mm. like I say, it's not, I don't just sit there in silence and, 
yes, no, or reflect what you're saying. That is mm-hmm. some of that skill is there, but it's ultimately yeah. drawing out what's going on for you. Mm. And do you uh, just out of interest? Do you do you kind of yeah. link up with any other disciplines within your field? If somebody needs something extra, if you think maybe yeah. I'm not the right guy for this, I know I know somebody yeah. who may be able to help you. Uh, yeah. It's something different, or you pick up on something. Mm. Do, do you, is that the yeah. kind of thing you do? Yeah, kind of like a, a, a cross referral, if if you like. So anyone I speak to, if I've got to check that not only do they like me, do they think they can work with me, but obviously if what they're bringing, is it within my skill set, my competence? Because I I'm follow an ethical framework, you know, with my mm. um, awarding body uh, uh, membership or registration and with uh, the BACP. So I've it's got to be ethical that I can work with that person. That's why I have initial telephone conversation just to see, you know, can we work together? Is what you're bringing something I can help you with. If not, then I'll go away and find someone who will. So mm. the place where I rent my room in Charlton on a Saturday, there's there's different model, different specialists there who deal with different things. So, yeah, I can certainly link in with others. With the clients, conf- you know, uh, Yeah, obviously. Course, yeah, yeah, that's great. And how's business going lately? It's been good? Really picked up. So I, I really started in January. So I've been qualified a year in terms of on paper. Um, and I've started to pick, be quite busy. I only work on a Saturday at the moment because I work full-time with emergency services in a similar role. And um, so my private practice is really growing um, quite fast, mm. actually, and it, to the point where... Mm-hmm. You know, maybe big decisions one day will need to be made. Um, but it's really, it's really growing, and um, y- yeah, I think the work that I do is—I can't tell you how rewarding it is. Um, you know, for someone to really trust in you, I don't think there's any any better feeling than that, if that's the right word. No, absolutely, and and, and having your your background with the emergency services, seeing the day-to-day of that, I'd imagine that's quite a dynamic job going from no two jobs are ever the same. And, and again, it's, yeah. a, it's a people business where you, it's a people business where you're interacting with all kinds of things and then taking that into your, into your private business. And then, yeah. And then like you say, you're going to have your own challenges when you've got to decide, you know, do I live the dream one way? Do I stay with the nine to five on that way and build the yeah. business up on this side? Yeah. You know, it's big decisions. It is. You you again touched on it in one of your podcasts about the nine to five. And it really, I really resonated with that because I do feel that's part of my, my life at the moment. Um, you know, the nine to five, the mm. traffic. I can't remember which episode that was. It might've been the first one. But yeah, I could really, I could really engage. And when you were saying that, I felt, wow, that is, that's so true. That is, that's currently me at the moment. Um, hmm. I mean, I remember the traffic when I was there eight years ago and it was hell on earth, whichever way, whichever direction you went in, you, you, yeah. you, you, you weren't going anywhere quick. That's for sure. 
and yeah. uh, there was a lot of times i mean even to a degree in norway in in my pre i've had two i'm on my second job in norway i'm uh, work for a great company now but in in, in my first uh, job when i came here that ended up quite the same way in in terms of like the 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 seven thirty till three thirty that that you have, and I was kind of like mm. just in the car thinking, "Oh God, what am I doing? You know, this is depressing." Not in the terms of I was actually depressed, but I was just, "Oh, this is not yeah, motivating yeah. me at all. This mm. is not motivating me at all to do anything." And that actually sub that rubbed off on everything else I was doing because I was so unmotivated by the people in that company that I was working with that it then went into my own life. And I was not motivated to do other things after work because, and then you've always got that, that dreaded lull on a Sunday. Oh, it's Monday tomorrow. I mean, and and I I say to my kids now, the older one, she's starting to think about jobs and careers and things. And I say, I do not care what job you do as long as you're passionate for it. And you, you are genuinely passionate for that career. I don't care what it is. Do not, yeah. Take go down a career path that you're not passionate yeah. about because it yeah. will get you before you know it. You're 40 years old, you know, <laughs> you, you're stuck in that, you're, you're stuck in that job. And how fast has that, that has, how fast has that gone from, from yeah. when we were at school in 16 and the click of a finger and now yeah. we're 40, you know, yeah. it's insane how fast it goes. It you've got to, you've got to make the most of, where you're at and I mean yeah generally life life's been pretty good for me in in generally but you know there's been some some low points um yeah but now looking back you know happy, happy to speak to you about it I've spoke to a few other people close friends uh see it see it in some some lads hang about with now feel like I've got the experience to to sort of help them through things and I'm sure it's the same for you socially um and then and then getting back in touch with with like yourself seeing how well you're doing yeah it's really great yeah it is it's really it's really nice to look back um just not look back as in you know always look forward I think that's what I'm doing it sounds like that's what you're doing and that's the advice you know you're giving to your children Definitely, it's took me till around 40 to actually think, you know what, I love what I do. And I genuinely, Mm. genuinely do. And what I meant by the nine to five, that's just sadly the culture we we are in. Um, Yeah, the reality of of the the day. Yeah, the reality. But the topic and Mm. the, um, the way of being, I guess, the way of working is something that I can't tell you how passionate I am about it. And something that I enjoy, so yeah, I, I think I think I've made the right the right choice. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and, and when I sort of looked through your social media things, I, and that's one reason why I kind of reached out because I thought, you know, you 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 really look like you're really passionate about it, and and knowing you as a personality, you can see that sort of run, rubs off. You know, I think it's yeah. really great, and especially, and now, like you say. What one thing I will always say is that it's ne- it's never too late, you know. What what you find nowadays is a lot of people sort of, and, and I say hit forty or hit hit our age or whatever, and, and it's kind of like when this. I mean, there's footballers. You kind of hear it. Ah, uh, thirty three is finished. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, yeah. it's what? just crazy. Yeah, 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 but but it's not true. 
you know, I mean, like there's so much ahead of you and you've just got to live every day really and, and not yeah. sort of give in to the middle age and think that's me finished. You know, you've got to just keep going. Yeah. And social media, as we've sort of grown through it, we've, we've yeah. lived through its sort of evolution, haven't we? Of yeah. social media and to sort of see where it is now. And mm. I think it can be, it can be really positive and negative and you've just got to be a bit yeah. smart about, about what you're watching or what you're taking in, in terms of yeah. that. Uh, I think I said yeah. in the previous one, like I said in the previous one with Luke, you know, if you, if you're really passionate about something and you, you, you follow it on social media, that's inspiring yeah. you to, to, yeah. to do it. If you're just sort of scrolling through the nonsense, you know, looking for that dopamine, dopamine, yeah. You're just yeah. crushing the you're just crushing the system, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think I think when I, when I was sort of thinking myself, I was thinking, and obviously listening to a few podcasts and looking into things, you kind of think was were we sort of so was our dopamine system so jacked when we were younger or growing up through our twenties that sort of is it a natural just to have like a total crash in your thirties? You know, because you, people are starting to have families, you're starting to settle down. You're not having the same, uh, you're not having the same sort of social highs or laughs or adventures or escapades. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden, you you know, you you're settling into family life, and there's, there's that that dopamine's not there in terms of the science mm. of the brain. How is that reacting mm. on things? I might be talking absolute balderdash. I don't. No, know. no, it's, it makes it's just sense. something that you know something i've thought about yeah you got social norms in there haven't you you got to be married by a certain age you've got to have your own yeah. house you got to have children if you can you know you got to have a good job all these social norms can add a lot of pressure but i think with social media as well going on to the, not just the the what well, the negative sides uh, you're looking at other people's highlights aren't you the best moments say instagram Exactly. Um, the, the the only things that they want to show you and that they're probably getting yeah. paid sponsorship for, you know, and it's making a, you know, it's yeah. making people instead of instead of pe kids having careers, you know, yeah. studying medicine, studying medicine, law, science, geography, whatever, and going into careers like that, people think, oh, I just sell me big toe on OnlyFans and get ten thousand pound, <laughs> you know, and it's actually making yeah. people think. It's making people think, yeah. shall I do? It, and it makes me. It's a bit of an industry built on sand. This kind of thing. Yeah. I think in a few. I think in a few years. It, it will come round back, so it'll come full circle again, and we'll be paying bricklayers three hundred pound an hour because there won't be any. Yeah, you know, just because yeah. people are not going into these trades, or for yeah. example, anymore, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think social. Going back to those quickly, those those examples there. I think there's pros and cons, isn't it? That, you know, great that there's things like um, social media now that you do get to show off you know, your life, or you do get to speak to those people in Norway, for example, mm, you know, yeah, yeah. and communicate, or like my, my mum lives in Australia and I use the Facebook uh, portal mm. thing, you know, mm. so there is a lots of positives. I think it's a bit like going back to what you said with food and exercise, it's how you, you know, mm. how healthy you are with it, I suppose, and not take yeah, yeah. on um, people's judgments and expectations and values and, and kind of look at yourself and think no i don't agree with that that mm. that's that's not for me but 
I'll acknowledge it, but it's not for me type thing. And that's kind of why some people may come to therapy is because of, you know, expectations, other people's mm. judgments, uh, amongst other things, of course, but just yeah, trying yeah. to link it to that. Mm. It's a big thing, big business. Yeah, I can imagine, and especially like if you've, um, I mean, I, I love Strava, for example, it's kind of social mm. media thing, but I, you know, I have a few mates on there and I see, I'll see like one of them, like 5am run I'm like oh shit now I've got to go because I know they're doing it so it's like it's making yeah. me think okay I'm I'm going and, and yeah. in in that way and and generally with what I'm posting up you know it might be a run or a hike or skiing or do, doing something I'm I'm putting it on so the family can see it at home and I'm hoping yeah. one or two in mates yeah. one or two in my mates are sort of looking at it ah okay yeah yeah I'm, that's going yeah. to inspire me to go out and do yeah. something or, yeah. and generally I think in that way it's really good but there are yeah. there are a lot of things that are, that are not so good but uh, yeah, but time is running on, Jamie. I don't want to keep you all okay. evening. I know you've got, no I know you've got, a, I know you've got a little one to uh, attend I to. Have. So congrats on that, by the way. Um, so just before we leave, I'm going to leave you to do a little outro, mate, just so you can yeah. let people know how to get in contact with you. Um, yeah. So yeah, thank you. F- fire away. Yeah, okay. So I've got my own website, which is www jplcounseling.co.uk so that's kind of my the mother the motherboard of of what of, of my um services so that you can contact me by the mobile or email address and that's on there um but what i wanted to get across today i guess on this podcast steve was just to say i'm a human being i'm like you um and I, i'm there to support people who are, are going through a difficult time and if maybe hearing this podcast today and thought, actually, do you know what? He's he's genuine. I feel like I, I can relate to him. And that that's kind of what I've, I wanted to get across, really. But I'm on Instagram, Facebook, but, all, you know, that's on, it's on my website as well. So those are kind of necessity. Those are a kind of necessity necessity that goes with any business now. And it's yeah. great to see your little videos when you're updating and uh, talking about things. So that's great. I will put a, I'll put a link in the show notes just if people want to click through onto that. Um, but, yeah, Jamie, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And good luck with everything. Keep in touch. Uh, I'll keep following you, let you see how you get on. Maybe in a few months when if you change your business or you, some updates, we can talk again. Um, but yeah that's been fantastic mate all the best thank you thank you appreciate that